0: Here we are, three of us, all that's left. We couldn't live this way anymore, but I couldn't let them go. I tried, God knows I tried. I gave them all I could, and, and I gave my way out. We were doing something great down here. We were going to change the world. This was only the beginning. Why couldn't you leave us alone? What harm were we doing down here? We didn't do any of this. You brought violence on us. Are you proud of that? Do you take your responsibility for those lives? If not, then step on over with the rest of us. just stop this! None of those people had to die. Everybody dies, friend. And greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friend. That's how we used to teach it to the children. That's John, 15, 13.
1: Good evening and welcome to Flyby Films. A once or twice a month podcast where my co-host Blake and I get together using the magic of the internet from uh, Chico and then Blake is coming in from Tulsa, Cal- or Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm Chico, California. Uh and uh, we are going to be talking today about the film *Faults*, so you can look forward to that in about probably like forty or so minutes.
2: Yeah, and earbuds.
1: yeah, and we'll get into interesting things about uh, about cults and cult studies too. So
2: and deprogramming.
1: Ooh, ooh. So stay- stay tuned for that anyway uh blake how have you been <laughs>
2: uh a little tired uh got a uh got a little one who is currently in some sort of sleep regression so he's uh it, they're they're the first few days i was getting up in the middle of the night and rocking him until he went back to sleep mm. so, which would take about two or three hours sometimes um and then so those were really bad but then we finally just gave in so bring him into our bed where he would just fall asleep between us (laughs) so but that has to quit eventually so we're trying to get past the last of the of the traveling and the family visits before we start that process because that's not gonna be fun for anyone so i can I which can, also uh, means that we're probably going to be taking away the binky at the same time because if you're gonna do it you might as well do it
1: so, yeah you're just you're not just ripping off a band-aid you're like removing a cast yeah, while exactly arm is still healing exactly <laughs> oh man well
2: well, we had already tried the binky, but then a lot of crap dealing with daycares and all sorts of stuff happened. And we finally <laughs> just gave in. We are like, this is not the right time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, a little tired. I got family coming in this weekend, which will be nice. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I all can right. use a little more sleep. How about you? Uh.
1: I've been I've been okay my kid has been kind of grumpy that's that's kind of the worst of it work has been crazy um, and there was like a glitch where I wasn't paid uh, which is sucked um, and but I think it's figured out we'll see by the end of today so, um, but yeah I might just quiet not show up tomorrow if I don't <laughs> uh, if I don't get quietly paid um, anyway but uh, other than that <laughs> so I think I don't know if I talked about it on the show but my wife and I we switched from our smartphones to dumb phones for a while and we're actually in the process of switching back and mm-hmm. it's been hell. If you ever oh man if you ever have to like deal with comcast uh it's thankfully we
2: don't i I just have to deal with uh Cox which is yeah well you... i I don't actually have to deal with them I did have to deal with them there for a while but now we're at t and mm. while they're evil in their own ways they at least are consistent <laughs> so
1: yeah, we so we actually had Cox in Virginia. Uh, ah, gotcha. But uh, we we dealt with them. I think it was okay. I think some of our dealings were on par with with Comcast. But um, but I don't know. I think Comcast has taken it to another level. Anyway, we're switching our phones to a Comcast network, and they can't seem to activate my phone. And I call them every day. Because they keep saying, oh, this will be activated in 24 hours. And the 24 hours go by. And I'm like, well, I guess my only recourse is to call them and ask them what is happening. <laughs> they keep saying, oh, it'll be another 24 hours. And I'm like, uh, I don't, you just have no power. You're so powerless in these situations. And you just hope that, like, if you call enough times, something will work yeah
2: like a light will turn on somewhere and your phone will start working
1: and for any of
2: our listeners which i don't think we have these kinds of listeners i think most of our listeners are understanding and and thoughtful people but for those who might be listening who are new and are judging jameson for this seemingly first world problem this is not just affecting him this is affecting me too because some (laughs) of my text messages don't go through I this not. pisses me off as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting all of Blake's messages. I like, well, there be the weird thing is they're being split between my phones and it just has seemed to have, it seems to have gotten worse where like mm-hmm. ever since they tried to attempt this process and I put the new SIM card in and things like that, it's just been like, I, things have been dropping anyway. You're right, Blake. It is first world problems. <laughs> no,
2: I, think no. I'm, I, I, I have just as many first world problems. I'm, I, I'm the last to judge, my friend.
1: <laughs> I think the frustrating thing is, though, I don't want to be spending... Like, I recognize these are first world problems, and I don't want mm-hmm. to be spending as much energy on them. Yeah. But the way the system is set up you you like have to do that
3: you you
1: have to schedule part of your day so you can call comcast so that you can call other people more apparently ah so i don't know
2: so i'm I'm curious is this do you think this is just one more reason like one more thing that gavin newsom has screwed up
1: (laughs) no I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Gavin Newsom is actually the worst. But not, not for the things that Fox News tells you he's the yeah, worst. Exactly. He's the worst because now <laughs> this is actually uh, kind of brutal. He's the worst because he is in bed with the power company that uh, services our area that uh, that uh, killed 84 people from my hometown and they have been, they essentially got a slap on the wrist too so oh, yeah he it like it sucks because like all of the recall efforts for him are just really dumb And the alternatives they propose are not good fits for California, Mm -hmm. but I can't bring myself to like the guy or appreciate (laughs) what he's done because he's fucked over my community. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't like, he's not very forthright with information. And so, uh, there's just a bunch of shady shit around that anyway. Yeah. (laughs) i didn't want it i didn't want to i, didn't want I, to felt, get I off felt like that round. i
2: felt i felt the i felt that that was cathartic for you jameson and so i'm i'm glad i asked the question
1: it was it was <laughs> fuck gavin newsom but also <laughs> fuck the people who don't propose good liberal alternatives <laughs> to gavin newsom so yeah exactly like <laughs>
2: Also known as the DNC. Yes, we're calling you out right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, hey, let's pivot. Uh, <laughs> this is a movie podcast, Blake. Hard Did pivot. Wa- Hard pivot. Did you watch the Academy Awards? That are like the movie night this past weekend.
2: Uh, I think the last Academy Awards I watched. Like all the way through was when Crash won. Oh, that was,
1: that's like 2006 around? Yeah, then? something like
2: that. Something like that, yeah. So that's probably the last one I watched all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of parts of them throughout the year since. I was really into it as like a young kid. Like I would watch them all like every year. Like it was a thing. My parents would, yeah. would suffer through it with me. It's like the one night I could actually stay up late because they always ran long. And yeah. like it was a thing. But I kind of just lost the loving feeling after a while. And uh while I did actually like Crash at the time, I recognize now it's not that great of a film, but uh <laughs> I I <laughs> I thought I even then I thought there were better films that year, so, <laughs> uh, and it just it went, got worse as the years went on. I was like, "How are they passing up all these other films that were like superb compared to the ones they picked?" I'm like, I feel like they've gotten better in some ways, and I think part of the reason is they kind of expanded their number of nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helped actually in a lot of ways. Weirdly. But uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't watch them, and I probably won't ever watch them again, unless my son or my sons uh, start to have love of the Oscars again. Maybe did I? Sorry,
1: listeners, <clears throat> if you've already heard this, but I feel like Blake just. Uh, announce something in that uh yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah i we... announced it earlier oh, for those listeners who who refuse to listen to past podcast episodes well first off fuck you yeah seriously <laughs> come on second off have... yes i'm having another boy okay so stick it <laughs>
1: uh, men,
2: men. My wife is a boy mom.
1: Oh yeah. You're going to have a boy house. That's, yep. That's going to mm-hmm. be exciting.
2: Hey, I'll take it. Is your- so yeah, there's, there's a world in which, so I, that's, this is also movie related and also related to, uh, where my principles will break down mm-hmm. is I ever since Endgame, I have not watched a single superhero movie. Um, on principle and the only way i will break that principle and if my wife or either of my kids want to see one yeah that is the only way i will break that principle
1: <laughs> you have you not seen i don't know if it came out before or after end game because i didn't i didn't actually see end game but have you seen what about that Spider-Man movie that was a cartoon but was cool?
2: That was before, but that I was did before? see it, yes. Yeah, is, and I liked what is, it, yeah.
1: Okay, was it yeah. Far From Home or uh, Spider-Verse? No, Into, into the, Spider-verse. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's supposed to be another
2: one coming out here pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Actually, so of there's, there's only been one... F- Superhero film that has tested my 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 level of uh, principle, and that was the new Batman movie. Mm. Because I really want to see that one, still haven't seen it, and won't.
1: It was, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, Most people did. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a throwback, and I think just because of having a Nirvana song like play constantly throughout it felt very grungy and like the nineties, you know. So I Mm -hmm. I liked I liked that. Um but yeah you could do without it. It's yeah it's fine. Just just look up pictures of Colin Farrell as the penguin and you're good. Cause that is the only thing I'll say that you missed out on.
2: Now I don't remember for sure, if Glass was after Endgame. If Glass was after Endgame, then I did see one since Glass. I did see Glass.
1: I was actually. If going you to can
2: ask... consider that a superhero movie, which I think you should have to consider it. Okay. Even though it was a superhero movie that, that no one wanted to see, except for people like me who like to see superheroes die. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I haven't, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet <laughs> oh i haven't seen it
1: i actually haven't seen split either i need to watch uh,
2: splits series. splits me for me but
1: <clears throat> well i feel like i mean i i was a pretty big fan of unbreakable and oh, i, I still consider it a really g- good movie yeah. but um but i haven't caught i i know that those two other films are connected mm um after because i just live in the world um but uh i haven't gotten around to watch them yet but it's on my to-do list someday yeah Uh, they're fun yeah but Um, i was gonna ask i was gonna ask this so superhero movies any like anything comes out and it's superhero related but it you know maybe it's a new superhero you still are like, if I know that it's superhero, I my principle will stop me from going in. You know, it's it maybe there's no comic attached to it. I mean
2: as of as of right now, yes. Like okay. if, if it's superhero oriented, I'm probably not gonna go. But okay. um I mean, you know, you could you could technically f- I I d I don't think this was the case with Brightburn, but like movies like that where you d- you're not exactly sure like what's going on, and then you find out it's like superhero movie. Yeah, whatever. that happens. But <laughs> do, you,
1: do you remember the movie Chronicle?
2: Yes, I did see that.
1: Yeah, I was think. I mean, that came out way before. Uh, yeah, Endgame. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking of something like that where you know it's like a found footage indie superhero movie.
2: Well, in Split, Split, no one knew it was tied to the Unbreakable Universe and, uh, until it came out, and you saw the the post-credit scene or the one right before the credits, mm. and they started playing the Unbreakable music, and then there sits Bruce Willis in a diner, listening to all the events that had just happened prior, <laughs> and you're like, I mean, I I went through that movie, being like, nah. Eh, I'm not a fan of this film. And then that scene comes on and I was like, holy shit. You're like, uh Yes. It still didn't make me like the film, but I was like, I am down for whatever is coming next.
1: (laughs) What is coming next? Yeah. The I think I think I don't hold I'm not as principled as you. I just don't go and see superhero movies. Um, but I do get the idea of like I will watch something like if I'm at my in-laws and they're like I'm gonna we're gonna put on Avatar two, it would suck and I would probably be like okay I'm gonna be on my phone the whole time but I'll be there. Um,
2: and see and see that's that's an area where I I would fully give in to watching one. If I'm in a in a place like an in my in-laws or something and they start playing it, it's that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I like, am not going to be that. I'm not going to be the guy who's like, "No, y'all can't have any fun because I can't watch superhero films on principle." Now.
1: Yeah. You're not like a But I'm not going to actively vegan.
2: choose to view one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but people, anyone else can have their fun. And if my kids and my wife want to go see one, I will go see it. I have no problem with it. And if your I'm kids to watch,
1: want to watch the Academy Awards,
2: I will watch it. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: So yeah, yes, I, to get back to the original question.
1: <laughs> yeah. As you were telling that story, um, it a reminded me of of growing up and my fascination with the Academy Awards. I think you and I have had like a similar trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think the last I can't even remember the last one I watched like all the way through. Um, I mean, part of it has been just I haven't had TV available. Like I have TVs, mm-hmm. but I I've. I think I've been like a streamer adopter since uh, it feels like 10 at late, at least 10 years now.
2: Yeah. It's, it's been at least 10 years Yeah,
1: that my wife and I kind of decided like, okay, this is enough entertainment for us. Let's just have streaming. And since then I just, I don't even know where you watch the Academy Awards unless you have regular TV. So. Well,
2: there's this there's this thing that comes with most televisions that if you turn to an actual channel, like, that's still a thing that they have. Um, yeah. You can still get local channels, Jamison. I, I don't know if you know this, but, <laughs> like, it's all digitally done now. Like, you know, back in the Obama days where, where they made us buy those digital little boxes that transformed all of the channels into digital channels? Well, that just comes automatically. It's standard in TVs now. And so literally you could go to the TV you have in your house right now and you could flip to whatever station the Academy Awards. I mean, it's it, it's a thing. You can still do it. I don't
1: know how to do that, Blake. That's the point <laughs> I'm trying to make. Like I just don't know how to do that and i refuse to learn fair enough i, I just don't care
2: we're both but men of yeah. principle and that's fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> my principle is that i don't want to go anywhere on my remote control that i'm not comfortable with so
2: that's fair yeah uh, so, uh,
1: but yeah so did I you watch the academy awards no no i didn't i didn't <laughs> did you so,
2: how long after they were over did you wait to look and see what won best picture so
1: my friend texted that it had won and i was like oh okay well he texted everything everywhere all at once wins big at the academy awards and i thought he was saying like it won best picture and so i looked up and it, it wasn't even over yet and so i was like it hasn't even won yet but i guess I had won a bunch of uh awards gotcha. up to that point and that's what he meant and then when it so it was literally i was being live tweeted it by a friend so gotcha
2: yeah yeah I think it was probably a day or two for me. I liked it up. I usually look up who the best picture is. I don't care about the rest of it most of the time. Although my wife was really touched by, uh, she found out, you know, actually it was just Wednesday uh, that the guy in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, who plays the father, was a short round in Indiana Jones. And did, Harrison Ford, movies. Harrison Ford was the one who uh, did the final best picture award. So mm. they had this little like meeting and uh, on stage and whatnot, which was my wife was all about that. She's like, that's the coolest thing ever. And that's, then I that's at that point, she she sent me a video and I watched it. It was just a bunch of like different highlights of the, of the Oscars. And I watched it. And I was happy that Jamie Lee Curtis and Brendan Frazier both won Oscars just because I think they're good people.
3: So Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I haven't I mean, seen I haven't seen the whale, so I don't know if it's actually worthy or not, but Brendan Fraser deserves whatever they give him.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, sure. That I, I'll agree with that. And I mean I I was kind of excited that everything everywhere all at once won. Only because a couple months ago I was predicting that it would win. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the best picture of the year. That should win, and I feel right now. So oh, you know, I'm smug in well, this, but uh, I still
2: don't think it's the best picture of the year. But... Well, I mean, I mean that was nominated. <laughs> oh. This is true. This well, is true. I well, I haven't seen Tar yet, but I've I, I've got another friend who who texted me not too long ago and he was like uh he, we were talking about Banshees of Inisherin and 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 he was like but Batar is probably my favorite uh easily the best picture of the year. And I was like I haven't seen it yet and he's like I literally just saw it like this afternoon and it it left that kind of impression. <laughs> so
1: I I still I still think I don't know. I I think maybe I'm a little too excited by how weird everything everywhere all at once was and that's why I'm kind of giddy about it.
2: But I appreciate the fact that a movie that's science fiction oriented and is as weird as it is one for sure.
1: Yeah. Like I think I think if you go back to whatever year Mad Max came out, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that should have won only yeah. because that was like a moment in cinema that, <laughs> that I, I feel like no one remembers any other movie from that year, yep. except for Mad Max. And actually this gets to maybe one of my big problems with the Academy Awards is they're just so bad at deciding what <laughs> movies are actually significant to cinema and yes yeah. um and i i kind of feel like everything everywhere all at once is at least a movie that will be remembered from mm-hmm. this past year just because yeah. it's so distinctive and and yeah i i guess we could continue to have you know Pick these movies apart and and decide, you know, which one the best one is. Yeah. But uh, but I do think there's, you know, there's something it made an imprint that is is unique in cinematic
2: history. Uh, yeah. And, no, and I think that's 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 something I can agree with.
1: And Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing in that movie.
2: Oh, yeah. No, she does great. <laughs> She... Admittedly, though, I told my wife that that she needed to be she needed to win best uh, best actress for Halloween Ends instead. Mm. But that's just yeah. because she had more screen time. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that would have. We're been not quite
2: to that point with the Academy, though. There's no yeah. way they <laughs> would deign. To have a film like Halloween Ends and their repertoire of film (laughs)
1: Yeah That would be a completely different universe
2: for sure (laughs) exactly Oh man
1: Not a bad universe necessarily I'm not opposed to that
2: Definitely not the darkest of all timelines
1: (laughs) Mm -mm. Not the darkest Yeah Um so, to pivot to another. I this is hard pivots all over this episode. Well, uh, we
2: are we are about to talk to talk about cults and deprogramming. So hard Pivot is kind of the name of the game on this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thank you, Blake, for giving me permission to hard pivot more yeah. on this episode. I promise to get better for next episode, but I'm just going to hard pivot. Oh, I,
2: I personally think hard pivots are great podcasting. Great. So,
1: All right. Well, with that, uh, you listen to any good music lately? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, man, I, my, there's, there's been some new stuff that's come out lately that i've liked um but man the i've just been revisiting older stuff like bands i've not listened to in a while or um you know stuff that i haven't ever really engaged in my life uh because it's kind of just like what i like to do but i told you earlier today that i uh i i put a specific discography on my phone for the last couple of days and I've just been rocking out to it and to show my nerdy credentials I sent te- I sent a text to Jameson said saying hey dude do you want some uh mid some mid 90s underground christian rock and he's yeah. like uh yes please <laughs>
1: Well, once I got the text,
2: <laughs> yeah, once, once I you got found the text, it. Well, I you got that. It. You got that text. You just, you didn't get the, the answer to that, to that question. Yeah. And
1: yeah, then I went on
2: be- from there and you're like, wait, wait, who, who are you, who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going into like, why I like these, this band, all this stuff. And he's like, I still don't know who it is.
1: <laughs> I thought, I thought you were just trying to like really really hype them up before revealing who they were like you were and, like and okay. then
2: it was gonna be some some like crap like you know christian pop pop alternative band that everyone yeah. knew about
1: <laughs> yeah it'd be like third day or something and be like yeah oh, some, blake, something like that blake 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 oh,
2: geez, that's not underground you idiot
1: <laughs> uh yeah you also told me that you had a very, uh, very interesting tale of discovery
2: with it. Oh, we haven't yeah. even,
1: we're, we're doing the same thing that you were doing to me earlier accidentally. I know, and I we think I should even, just run with it. Yeah, we haven't even announced <laughs> the band. Anyway, yeah. it's very exciting. So, Blake, so, you had an interesting so, yeah. story.
2: I've, there's there's a world in which I ride on this here before too long because it's been on my mind of late. It periodically comes to mind. But I love thinking back to all the ways that I came across some of my favorite bands mm-hmm. um, and the weirdness of how I came about getting to know them. Because uh, I have a lot of those just experiences where I'm just like, like they almost feel like mirror mistakes in the moment uh -hmm. this one specifically uh but maybe this will be a good example so the band that we're, we're we're currently speaking about i this was probably my second year in college uh so kind of in the midst of the height of torrent um Mm-hmm. BitTorrent trying to, you know, steal music and shit like that. And I was doing that because I was a poor college student, couldn't afford, you know, to go buy whatever records I wanted to buy. So if I knew of a song or an album that I, that I wanted to hear, then I would look on there and try to download it. But back in those days, it took a long time. Whereas nowadays, it doesn't take long at all to download an album via <laughs> Torrent sites. But, no,
1: you'd have to like set them up overnight and then go to sleep. And yes, like, oh, in the morning. exactly.
2: Exactly. And then you were so pissed the next morning if like the user left or mm. like the download failed or something like yeah. that. And you would just like throw your computer across the room. <laughs> but yeah, so what happened is – I don't know if, Jameson, you probably haven't heard of this TV show. It's kind of an obscure TV show from, like, let's see, that would have been 2004-ish. Uh, a little little show called Scrubs. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about uh, it.
1: Is it about taking a bath?
2: Uh, kind of. Kind of. All the characters take a bath at some point in the show. Okay. Um, and so it focuses on that they're scrubbing yeah, yeah, each yeah. other it's all about getting clean so okay. fresh and so clean so, so, so fresh and clean. <laughs> no, no, I, so clean I, I was more. a big fan of Scrubs at the time I don't think I could watch it now I, I don't think it would hold up but at the time I was a big fan I would watch it weekly but yes that's the thing that used to happen you would watch shows weekly not all at once
1: Like when Um, you were very tired and exhausted, that's when you would watch shows.
2: You'd watch them weekly. Yes. Physically, weekly. I would be like, yeah. Yeah. I would be so exhausted. And that's what made Scrubs funny, Um, is because you were so tired and that really anything could have been funny at that point. Yeah. It's Um, like
1: when you're hungry and that makes food taste better. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Like
2: the, the, the grossest thing you could ever put in your mouth tastes wonderful whenever you're hungry. When you're beat, uh,
1: any, any entertainment is great.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you know, what happens whenever you start eating a lot of stuff, when you're weak and watching a a TV show, you binge, you binge Mm -hmm. food. So anyways, I was a big fan of Scrubs. I was a big fan of its theme song. I wanted to find that theme song and the band that did it. Mm -hmm. And I happened to find what I thought was the Scrubs theme song on a torrent site. And it was called, uh, if you remember the song from Scrubs, it uh, something, something. you know, I'm, I'm no Superman, blah, blah, blah. Anything. Anyways, I was looking up anything that was tied to that lyric. Mm-hmm. So I found a song by this band called Omitted. That's not the name of the band. I just omitted the name for the sake of the bit. <laughs> and it was called I'm No Superman. I was like, this has to be it. Like, oh. what other song would be called? Like, seriously. Anyways, so I downloaded it, you know, of course, and listened to it. And I'm like, this is, this is not the song. But I kind of like this. Yeah. What is this? And so I was like, okay. So this band is called This. And this album is called This. Maybe I should download the rest of the album and see if I like the rest of it. So I downloaded the rest of the album. It took all night. I had to wait till the next morning to listen to it. But I ended up like really liking the whole album. I was like, "Holy shit! Okay, let's do." They have other albums. Of course, they have other albums. That Band has been nice. around like they've been around since nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Man they they know what they're doing. So yeah, I started downloading their shit, and yeah, kind of just fell in love with them from that point on and 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 then i i didn't even know they were christian at the time like it wasn't until like i was in the midst of like trying to figure out who who the fuck these people were that i read that they were uh they were a christian band i was like oh wow how is first off how is this christian this does not sound christian
1: so that was gonna be that was gonna be my my follow-up question is like i you read about them and you read everywhere like oh yeah, yeah they're a christian alternative band but in this case i guess i have a hard time identifying you know is it because of the labels they were on not really uh well what are the labels is it because of the the lyrics they use well, I guess you could say that, but you. But know. But there's just
2: as many problematic lyrics. Well, not problematic. I don't think they're problematic, but they're they're strangely like in the Christian world, they would be problematic. They yeah. would be problematic, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh,
1: and and you know, but but I, yeah, my my familiarity with them was when I would. Uh, I would frequent, I think there was a blog called The Phantom Tollbooth named after mm-hmm. the book. And, yep, that they, and Jesus they would,
2: Freak Hideout.
1: Yeah, they would review them. Um, yeah, I, I think I remember Jesus Freak Hideout, but I feel like Phantom Tollbooth had, they would like review artists who weren't Christian and then yeah were Christian. Yeah, they, and,
2: that was actually a pretty good site.
1: Yeah. Phantom yeah. Tollbooth. I like that yeah. Well, yeah. I I learned about some good music through that site, oh, uh, yeah. and this this was I I never really jumped into this band, but that's where I first kind of heard about mm-hmm. this
2: band. So, yeah. And did you actually listen to any of it? Today? I listened
1: to it today. Yes, I listened yeah. to uh, some of the music that that Blake sent me. Yeah, and <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's very uh, again very like '90s alternative. Oh yeah. I love that sound. It it would appeal to someone who likes uh, like smashing pumpkins and things like that. So, yeah, uh, and that is me. So, yeah. <laughs> I I guess
2: yeah. yeah. I I totally it's it it's one of those bands that that everything about it should not hold up on re-listening outside the 90s, but I can't not love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a hard time listening to a lot of bands from the 90s. They were perfectly good and perfectly talented bands and were perfectly fine as far as their music goes. And I have a hard time listening to them now. But it's less about them and it's more about just the sound itself. But something about these guys, like, I don't know. Something about the way his voice works and the way they... I think they just have a lot of diversity of like highs and lows throughout their music. So like mm-hmm. you're going from one song to the next and you don't actually know like what it's going to like, it could start out super slow and then all of a sudden like they just rip it out and you're like, what the hell just happened? So, uh, I told you to hold on to your balls for a couple of the songs. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, well, I remember hearing fever for the first time. And I was like, did they just bleep out the fuck word?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. So because because they're like, you know, quote unquote, a Christian band. And, you know, you go to their Wikipedia page, it says that. When I heard that, I was like, I have to look up this lyric to make sure. Like, this was released in the mid-90s and they just said the F word? Yeah. Okay. Like... (laughs) All right. All right. I, I can get behind that. Um, and they, they did, I mean, it's bleeped out, but in the lyric, like it's clearly in the lyrics. So. And you can
2: tell it's it, it, that's what it is. Like when you listen to it, like it's, it's noticeable, even though it's kind of partially bleeped, but, but the bleep is not really like a censored bleep. It's more the, the tone of the guitar. It's, it's, it almost just blends with the word itself the way they do it, it's actually pretty clever, but <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so um, I feel like the only way that this bit will work is if I just randomly toss out the name of the band and we move on.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that should be the last word on this. Yeah. The name of the band.
2: Yeah. The violet burning. Yeah. So did you have any other questions, Jameson?
1: No, no. Um, I've been listening to a band called cult leader.
2: Uh in preparation. Oh yes, which I listened to. Yeah. I, I do believe I sent you a uh, Metalocalypse gif skiff yes. of headbanging.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> and, and that's that's my recommendation. I won't go into uh why. Uh <laughs> except for the I, fact I that
2: admittedly did not expect what I heard when I started playing it. I was like, oh, okay. All right, we're gonna do this. Okay. I dig it. Yeah. I did. I just was not expecting it.
1: <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I like I like Colt Leader. They're really uh dark and sludgy and heavy, but they have some slower songs where,
2: where they, they actually sing.
1: They sing, but it's very yeah. uh it's very unsettling. <laughs> so yeah. even in the slow songs. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I guess Be warned. And if you watch any of their videos, they're also very unsettling. Um, So.
2: Well, it's Uh, also fitting that you've been, that you're, you've been listening to cult leader considering what we're about to talk about.
1: So that was, that was kind of the draw was just the name. Um, I mean, this album
2: just come out.
1: uh, No, in 2018. So I've, I've been a fan for a bit, Gotcha. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, it's called the album's called a a Patient Man, and it's it's Mm. decent.
2: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I dug it. Yeah, I as as uh, off put as I was with not off put that's wrong with as thrown off as I was with the first song. I was equally as thrown off when the first slow song hits. I was like, what? Well, they, yeah, because they commit to the bit. He's singing?
1: And it, and it's the whole song for that first one too. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not just some lead up to more, you know, more intensity. It's no, they, they commit to that. Uh, Yeah. Which I think is rarer in, in extreme music. There's not always like a mixture of full slow songs and full heavy songs you
2: usually like that that black braid album that came out last Mm -hmm. year because they had those tracks interspersed that were all uh acoustic like almost folksy uh and that's all the tracks were like instrumental folk sounding tunes and then the next track would be this like heavy metal dark like death metal (laughs) you're just like oh I'm having whiplash, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I I think folk and metal work really well together. Uh there's oh, this yeah. other band. Uh have you ever listened to Panopticon?
2: I've heard of them. I have not yeah. listened to them though.
1: Yeah. So it's this guy from Kentucky, and he does all the music for it. It's it's a one man band. And he mixes in a lot of bluegrass and Oof. like then this is something soul. I need to
2: listen
1: yeah. to. Yeah, I'll pass you on some Panopticon for sure.
2: Okay, sweet.
1: Um, yeah. So we're about forty-five minutes in. Maybe it's time to pivot move into to. The...
2: Yeah, move into movies. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's All right. let's go into the movie.
1: Okay, so again, to kind of recap, the movie that we watched that Blake forced upon me and it brainwashed me into watching uh, is this wow. this movie called Faults. Uh, it came out in 2014 and it was directed by Riley Stearns. And it stars... Stearns,
2: Stearns, something like that.
1: Yeah, Stearns stars. it stars Leland uh, Orser and um... Oh, man. He's still my beating heart. I know. I Her name just flipped out of my mind. Uh, Mary and,
2: Elizabeth Winstead.
1: Elizabeth Winstead. And I like her a also lot, known,
2: too. I just... Also known as John McLean's daughter.
1: Oh, what? Yep. I don't think I put that connection together. Ever. Live
2: free or die hard.
1: Oh. Oh, and live free <laughs> or die hard. I yep. thought maybe it was in Die Hard that she was like no. the daughter. Okay.
2: Nope. No. she plays the daughter and she plays his daughter in and, and Live Free or Die Hard. She's older. Okay. So
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh yeah. okay. So Blake before we get into this movie Okay. Why why did you force me to watch this film?
2: <laughs> because because I felt like the last couple of months, you're bit, you've been so tied to your wife and child that I wasn't getting enough attention. And and so I felt like the only way I could draw you back in is to force you to watch a movie about Hmm. Does that make sense?
1: I don't think it makes sense.
2: Well... Here's the problem. The reason why it probably didn't work as, as I had planned it to work is because I can't control when you're tired and when you get sleep. And so you might have actually been super well rested when you watched it and it would have lost all of its power. Is
1: it because I
2: feel Because afforded- you need to feel. You need to feel it. You don't need to think it. You need to feel it.
1: Is it so, because I thwarted those people who you hired to kidnap me and you I mean that? Played, me? uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Of course that played into it, but, but, okay. but really it's, it, it's never really about that. It's always about, you know, needing the attention.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: You know uh, it goes. Yeah. People get a little feisty whenever they feel like someone's not giving them the proper amount of attention. This well, is so, true. This yeah. is true. I tried to. I mean, it didn't work. So I feel like there yeah. always next time. Maybe my next pick will pull the right trigger. So <laughs> No. I
1: think I I I I think I should admit to the listeners, I actually really like this movie. I had seen it before. <laughs> uh, I I I just the the movie is about you know, mind control and, and kind of forcing people to think things. And so, um, so I thought I'd play that up, but yeah, I actually, also,
2: I'd forgotten about, like, I remembered the, the, the end, like what we, yeah. what is revealed in the end, but I would forgotten about the why behind the end. And that blew my mind this time.
1: Yeah. but The whole point think- of
2: the, the, the whole point of it was a, it was a setup to get him into the cold in order to utilize his knowledge and how to bring more people into the cold. (laughs) And I was like, that's fucking brilliant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So the first time I saw this movie, uh, speaking, speaking of being weak, when you watch things, uh, I watched this movie at the Santa Cruz secret film festival. It was the first time I ever watched this movie. And you've told me about uh, this,
2: this festival.
1: Yeah. This is a uh, night long festival that starts at 12 at night and goes till 12 in the morning. And uh, it's a movie where you basically have the opportunity to watch five or six films just in succession and how they usually set it up is they have two theaters going, so you kind of have two options. But other than a brief synopsis, they don't tell you what you're going to watch. So you don't know going in, and it is great. It was my That's favorite. Awesome. During the time that I lived in Santa Cruz when I was going to grad school, it was the thing that I would look forward to the most every year was this That's awesome. film festival. So. And I don't know, so it usually happens around this time of year, too, and I don't know if they're doing right. it yet since the pandemic, but uh, but hopefully. And I hope to find my so way back there. So, what sometime.
2: you're telling me is that this needs to be a future Fly By Films event. Dude, I would...
1: <laughs> I I would spend a good amount of money on making sure that happens, so...
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have to yeah. talk about this later. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, my point was I I watched this then and I thought it was great and I I brought it home to my wife and I made her watch it too. uh so this was our this was like my third time of watching it and then well third or fourth time watching it. Um. Yeah. And this was this is my tight. second
2: time. Yeah. So. So, uh, how did you watch it this time around? So, this
1: time I watched it with my in laws. Uh um, huh. Not, not, well, I was actually probably still pretty tired. Uh, but, uh, I watched it with one of my in laws or my, my father in law, who, well, we can talk about this more later, but he was in a cult, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, no in the 70s yeah
2: so so was did and he, did he it. like it yeah 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 sweet it, i like it it's fun i feel like uh, that's that's the highest of praise
1: if if you could get a cult uh member a former cult member to like the movie that you made
2: yeah then
1: you're good you've done something right
2: yeah, yeah. especially if the movie this is, is a about good episode cult.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can wrap. Uh, yeah, no. I, uh,
2: I watched the first time back in like 2011. Like, I don't remember. Like, wait, no, it was 2014, right when it came out. So yeah. it would have been like 2015, 2016 when I saw it the first time because I watched it on streaming. I was in my dingy shotgun apartment at that yeah. time is prior to being married uh and i watched it on my small ass uh flat screen tv um probably while drinking uh, excessive amounts of beers because that used to be a thing i would do at that time in my life <laughs> mm-hmm. and so i remember really digging it i remember uh um, you know, just being wowed by Leland Endorser um, in general, uh, but I didn't remember certain aspects of the film that uh, were surprised me this time around. Um, and so, like this, this viewing felt like a fresh viewing in a lot of ways for me, and uh, I really dug it. Yeah, like yeah, it really it's got been... better.
1: It had been a while since I watched it, and I think I'm a little older now. Maybe I'm more critical of it. I'm not as as sleep deprived as I yeah. was the first time, <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, I think it was it was really nice to kind of watch it with those uh, fresh eyes. Yeah, um, I also, th- you know, I think when I first watched it. I was kind of at the end of my twenties. I was still very optimistic about life, <laughs> and I think wow. uh, <laughs> I think Leland Orser's character. Um, what was it? What's his name in the movie? Um,
2: oh, I don't remember. Um, I'm horrible with character names. I am so know, bad. There,
1: there has to be something about this phenomenon because this is another aside. I noticed that happens too, where I can watch a movie. I can enjoy a movie just, you know, so well. And then you can ask me immediately after what was the main character's name? And I'm like, I don't know, Brad Pitt, because he was played by Brad Pitt, you know, of course it's Brad Pitt. Or like, I'll remember characters by their association with, oh, the main character's friend. And this is something I think we do in general. Mm -hmm. It's not... I've come to terms that it's not just me, and there has to be some sort of name with with, with why, A, why that happens, and B, why it doesn't seem to be that important to enjoying a movie or engaging with a film. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know.
2: Anyway, yeah. yeah. So Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I do remember Claire. Yes. But, and Iris. Ira. Who is Claire.
1: Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> Yes, spoiler alert. <laughs> sort of. of.
2: Although, most people who haven't seen the movie and they're listening to us, they don't know who Iris is or Claire, so it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> yeah
1: but uh but yeah Leland Orser, Orser's character my point was that I I feel like I relate to him a lot more now that I'm you know closing yeah. it in, into my later 30s is that uh he's he's just so powerless and kind of pathetic uh at the beginning and you know i i guess maybe when i first watched it i thought that was kind of funny and now i'm like oh i get that life beats you down like you yeah. things don't don't work out <laughs> and yeah. this this makes sense i i see it i connect with this a little bit more yeah
2: um and it also know. makes the, the 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 concept of the movie work better because you're able to kind of recognize that. Cause I, I remember too thinking this is a very quirky character. Uh, this cult deprogrammer, you know, that's like owes money to his publisher and like the publisher sends out a hitman to yeah <laughs> to, to threaten him, which I suppose might happen depending on the publisher, but, most of the time probably wouldn't happen so but this is this is partly riley starn's style is that he's he's all about the quirkiness like there's always going to be elements of his films that don't like they don't fit within the reality that we kind of understand mm-hmm. uh, there's always going to be these characters that are a little bit off like even within the scope of like outcast characters like he takes it a little bit further, and he's like, "I'm gonna bend it just a little bit more to where it's almost unbelievable." <laughs> so, um,
1: yeah, yeah. And he d- he does although, it on his other films too. So, although there there always seems to be, at least in this movie, there seems to be kind of a pullback. Like, yeah. even with that, with yeah. with the sending out a hitman, once once that situation kind of goes too far you get kind of the reveal, oh, he wasn't actually a hitman. He was just an actor that that was yeah. hired yeah. to kind of intimidate. And you're like, okay, that makes a little more that's maybe mm-hmm. a little more reasonable, but it it's, you know, it's too late at that point. <laughs> so and that, that hitman yeah. character was is played by Lance Reddick, who if you've who seen a awesome. wire. Uh, yeah he's also in that and or fringe fringe i haven't seen that's the one with joshua jackson right
2: yep joshua jackson and anna torv who's also in the last of us Hmm. see we can be relevant occasionally
1: have you been watching the
2: last of us i have i'm about two episodes out from finishing it
1: nice i've heard it's very good i have not watched
2: it it's it's well made, but okay. there's just a lot of walking in it. Mm. So you kind of have to be patient. All right. <laughs> a lot of uh, walking and talking.
1: Mm. <laughs> I love it. Give me more walking. <laughs> you know what movies don't have these days is Walking.
2: You know what movies always have walking and talking simultaneously? Aaron Sorkin films.
1: Oh, yes. Too much talking, maybe. Way too much talking.
2: And you Uh, know who should never direct a movie again? Aaron Sorkin.
1: (laughs) Aaron Sorkin? I haven't, (laughs) I didn't see the last one that he did, the trial of the. Oh, uh, Chicago Seven, not good. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: he—he's he's one of those guys. If you—if you like his style of screenwriting, fine. I don't personally like it all that much. But he needs someone to—he needs a director to kind of push back on his his instincts. Like, the Social Network is probably the, s- the best. Version of Sorkin, in my I would I was gonna
1: say at least we have that I do think that yeah. like that coming right after he you know right after I don't know when the West Wing wrapped or whatever but yeah. like kind of it feels like it was a mountain that was climbed up to the social network and that was like you know the crown jewel mm-hmm. and everybody was all about Aaron Sorkin and then now there's this aura about him. Like he's some amazing, you know, screenwriter, but really it's, uh, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Hit or miss. I mean, if you like a lot of exposition
2: and dialogue, if exposition and dialogue is your thing, then he's, he's your man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, but getting back to this movie, so you have uh you have Lance Reddick and you have you have uh Uncle Rico
2: too. John Grease, yeah, man. Yes. I love that
1: guy. He's, he's in this. Um and then you also have the cult members. Oh mm-hmm. shit. They're not cult members when you first meet them
2: they're concerned (laughs) parents yes yes i definitely definitely one of which one of which is beth grant i can always remember her name i can never remember his name
1: i i yeah i don't know his name but yes beth grant who maybe it's kind of like a spoiler that she was the mom because i feel like every time i see her i see kind of off their rocker crazy person so i think it's kind of a giveaway that she's going to be a cult member just by the fact that she was cast yeah i've
2: maybe seen her in one or two films where she played a straight like normal like good person most of the time she plays someone who's a little bit off the
1: rocker (laughs) someone who's who's off their rocker and usually is fundamentalist in some sort of way. Yeah. So
2: like Donnie Darko.
1: Yeah. Like Donnie Darko. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, everyone in this, in this film, like they, like, I don't know how Riley Starns was able to get this cast for his first film. Like, the, yeah. It's a stunning cast. Like,
1: <laughs> Well, uh, he was married to um Mary Elizabeth Winstead at the time. Oh, I so didn't that know was that. yeah. <laughs> and then a few years later she, dumped, she she dubbed him for uh for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um Oh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> so, who she met on Fargo, I guess. Oh, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fargo in general is incredible. Period. Across the board. <laughs> I've never been to the city. Apparently, I mean, that's not the only romance that started on Fargo. You also oh. have Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Donst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah have you seen holly holly is a little bit of a matchmaker
1: (laughs) yeah have you seen that uh like that meme i feel i feel bad bringing this up because i feel like this is kind of a mean meme but jesse plemons kind of looks like another actor right he looks like matt damon uh yeah but because he's you know Maybe not as star powery attractive as yeah. Matt Damon. And the fact that he was also in Breaking Bad. Sometimes they were he's referred to as Meth Damon. Meth uh Damon <laughs> Which is pretty pretty funny never... considering that that he was on uh uh Breaking Bad. So there is that connection. I think
2: that's hilarious because I I had a conversation with someone the other day where I said we were talking about how like there were certain several people in this conversation, but most of us like Friday Night Lights, and then we had one mm-hmm. naysayer who was like, "No, that's a piece of shit show." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, even you have to realize that we have Friday Night Lights to thank for Jesse Plemons' career, ooh, because he I... wouldn't have been in Breaking Bad." If Adamen for Friday Night Lights, (laughs) and he wouldn't be one of the best actors right now, in my opinion. Adamen for either of those shows.
1: (laughs) I agree with that, and I haven't seen Friday Night Lights, but I definitely agree that Jesse Plemons is great. Uh, But on the on the Matt Damon uh, side of things, he did actually play a young version of Matt Damon in all the pretty horses. Oh so, shit, really? Yeah, he was oh, wow. he was like a young Matt Damon. So there is like a history with them looking alike. Uh,
2: that is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Yeah. I feel like but we've this, done a really good job at tangenting. <laughs>
1: we've we've done an incredible job. So Okay, maybe let's get back on track by giving you know brief synopsis, which is actually pretty possible with this movie because there's not there there aren't that many locations in the movie, and yeah, uh, there's not now breaking
2: down the characters is hard. Like if we're if we're trying to give you like a full character sketch of everything, that would be difficult because it's all about the characters in this movie. So,
1: yeah, it opens up, you're at a hotel, Leland Orser's character, things are clearly falling apart for him. You kind of learn that he is this expert on cults and specifically brainwashing and deprogramming and things like that. And he's written these two books on the topic. Um, And he's at this hotel because he's going to give a talk but uh everything goes horribly wrong no like no one really seems interested in his talk and while he's talking someone you know jumps up and calls him a murderer out of the blue and punches him in the face so he <laughs> has to deal with that in the middle of this presentation that he's giving um But after this, he's approached by a couple, right? And they think that he is the only person who can bring their daughter back from a cult that she's in. And he wants nothing to do with it because he's kind of given up on life at this point. But they keep pushing, and at the same time they're pushing he has these financial needs that have popped up from his manager who wants Mm -hmm. him to pay him back for something uh, for his, for his second book, not selling. Um, Yeah. So they have some, some sort of uh, debt debtor relationship that, uh, that's never fully explained, but you, you have it. Uh, So he, because of both of these pressures, he eventually gives in and says, okay, we'll pull your daughter out of this thing, but it's going to cost you a lot. He you know, sets it up so he can relieve his debt, but, um, but they essentially kidnap the daughter and take her to a hotel room where he tries to deprogram her. And um, it kind of goes off from there. And gets weirder, <laughs> even yeah. weirder.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a. I, I'm so I'll just put I'll, I'll lay my like lay my cards on the table. I am fascinated by cults and conspiracy theories and all this kind of like. I I'm not so much about the content of cults and conspiracy theories but i like reading about them <laughs> mm-hmm. because i think there's a there's interesting you know question philosophical questions behind them um about you know how do we develop you know truth and do we have free will and all these really high large questions that have never been answered and never will be answered Um, and so this is part of the reason why these kinds of movies just are fascinating to me because they kind of get at that, that kind of back and forth, philosophically speaking. Um, part of my homework for you was to give you a article on, uh, the quote unquote science or lack thereof, of, uh, cultic deprogramming, uh, Mm -hmm. specifically around the, uh, People requesting help from uh, cult specialists for their QA non addicted family members, <laughs> and the writer of this article for Undark, which is a is a publication i, I I've recently kind of gotten into uh, for the last uh, year or so. Uh, I'd never heard of them until then, but it's basically kind of a um more creative scientific publication so like they they like to explore more interesting aspects of of the science the sciences and and things like that so um but yeah this is a really interesting piece and that (laughs) he basically says like yeah there's a lot of people since like the 1950s that have been into cult uh, cults and things like that and trying to deprogram and like bring people out of cults uh, but the science doesn't really actually match the interest <laughs> so, um, but even beside that point like the the the, the science aspect of it is the least interesting part to me the part that i find more interesting and i think it's a, a question that a lot of different things uh, deal with today is the question of moral agency. Because uh, I think there's a lot of ways to look at the world right now that basically just totalizes people into these like fatalistic, like robots Yeah, and doesn't give them any moral agency for good or ill. And, and, uh, That's what I find fascinating about this article is uh, specifically there's a, there's a quote in it from one of the people he talks about. Let me pull it up here. Uh, This researcher named Mercier, Mercier. I don't know how you, how you pronounce her, her name, but she says she argues that the brainwashing model of cults, Often gets the process backward. Rather than tricking people into harmful thinking, effective propaganda, or even pure misinformation, gives them permission to openly express ideas they already found appealing. Yeah, and I think that's that's the side I would land on. Generally speaking, I think that's actually a pretty intuitive argument, um, and I think it it fits. Uh, I think people. I think people are are smart enough and uh, aware enough to know whenever certain beliefs they may hold don't hold sway in a in a current culture or society, and so they repress them until something happens that, or some person, or some group, or some kind of identity comes along and allows them to let their freak flag fly. <laughs> like that's that's that seems pretty philosophically and rationally like understandable. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know what, what what were your thoughts on that?
1: (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think you hit on a lot of the things that I was thinking. Actually that quote that you, you mentioned, I had underlined too. And I was, I was, I was very excited about that point, but uh, I, I do, I do want to bring up, you brought up the science, I just want to read one thing because I had a quote here um, that's, that's pretty funny. And so this is, this is a quote from Michael Langen. Uh, He is the director of the international cultic studies association. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is kind of the idea of if, what's the science behind, you know, Colts kind of being bad, and his quote is, "There's broad agreement that some groups harm some people sometimes." (laughs) So, well, no shit, (laughs) Sherlock. Yeah, I read that and I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds about what we know through science. You know, this—that's a sound clip right
2: there. Do you, anyway, remember the, that... uh, do you remember the moments of zen on daily shoe
1: oh if they yeah. had had a
2: sound clip of that that would have been totally a, a moment of zen <laughs> like
1: yeah that uh that Whoa. that just summing up you know the harm of Colts with that just made me laugh uh as i was yeah. reading it but yeah this this idea of of agency and kind of viewing cults as as like you said a way for people to let their freak flag fly um uh, mm-hmm. i especially with this this qAnon um qAnon connection there's part of me that wants to like i have i have family members who aren't necessarily into qAnon but I can tell that they are getting some information somewhere that's like yeah. fil- filtered QAnon and, mm-hmm. um, you and me both. And similarly, you know, the, the, the article mentions kind of the pipeline from QAnon to anti-vax and things like that, Yeah, that just, you know, that somehow seem to be related. And, you know, and, and these, these people in my life, um, that, uh, that I love are, you know, have, have expressed strongly about some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, you know, it feels sometimes it feels like they're being brainwashed. And I think that's like, there's a part of me that, that wants to, wants to say that in order to kind of protect their, their innocence in a way. Which yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I think is a little yep. is a little suspect on my part, but uh, but I I agree. I think that I think that there's inclinations in this person or these people in my life to. I have a specific person in mind. Clearly, um, <laughs> it's, it's helping me envision this. Uh, but uh, I I think. Yeah, I think this person had had these kind of feelings, or at least there's something about it that 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 triggers, you know, a, a sense in them, you know, whether it's you know, a middle finger to the medical establishment that has somehow mm-hmm. let them down, or yep. you know, or some other things. I I think that this person has has very strong feelings against the people that that you know that these things kind of set them up against that these narratives set yeah. them up against and it allows for a more complete narrative where they can express these so in in you know in the related examples that I can see anecdotally yeah that that kind of view of of cults or cult adjacent things, uh, cult-like things Mm -hmm. or whatever you will, uh, feels, it resonates with what I've seen. And I kind of like it because it gives people back agency. You know, Mm -hmm. this whole thing is about, the whole obsession with cults is supposed to be, you know, the the banner of anti-cult is we want to give back people's agency it's been Mm -hmm. taken from them and we want to give them back and it's kind of fascinating that that the reaction is like to really dive in to talk about how they lack agency yeah. And these people don't have agency and almost baby them and treat them like innocent children instead of adults. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it seems like you're just replacing one problem with another problem. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. When I, and I don't know if this is tied to it, so I'm, I'm willing to uh, get some pushback on this, but there is a, There's a mentality, especially in American circles, of believing in some vague notion of quote-unquote inherent goodness of people. Um, And part of me wonders if that feeds into this, this sense that people, whenever they do bad things or they find themselves in bad situations, we we want to offer them or take away their moral agency because ultimately if we say that they do have moral agency, then that pushes back against what we believe about not only other people, but about ourselves, (laughs) that maybe we're not inherently good in the sense that our society or our culture wants us to believe. Um, and I'm not saying that from necessarily a, a, I do have my own personal beliefs on human nature, but, but I think it at least questions just what kind of goodness we're talking about here. (laughs) Like, you know, um, well,
1: yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, we like to we like to justify ourselves and our actions mm-hmm. and i you know sometimes we use other people in order to do that and yeah. one example that i could think of and it also relates to the movie is how you know just, why just think of the children why don't you think of the children you yeah. know lots of lots of horrible things have been <laughs> Have been uh perpetrated in the name of children, you know yeah uh which is very ironic, like you you know people have guns in their house because they want to protect their children, and then they don't lock their guns up and their guns end up going off, or you know some yeah. other tragic thing happens um And, you know, and it's this, this deep, you know, almost primal sense of I have to protect these people. And we don't, we don't really judge whether that's, that's like how good that is, what, what, you know, an unrestrained idea of, of protecting this, this person, this human being, um, if that's actually good. And how that kind of relates to the movie is, that is actually how this guy kind of gets roped into this with the story of these parents who just Mm -hmm. want to protect their child. Um, and, and again, you know, the idea is take away the child's agency and then you can justify any action against this person because they're, you know, they're not thinking for themselves. So you can kidnap them. You can do anything you want because that is the superior, uh, superior thing. Um, yeah, it's the,
2: the, the higher moral act.
1: And that's the scenario. higher. Yeah. And it almost it requires, again, kind of dehumanizing someone mm-hmm. in order to yeah. do that.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in giving people moral agency to do really shitty things because I know that I do really shitty things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only way that people can really have compassion for each other is if we recognize in each other, the shittiness that we do. (laughs) So I can look at you and say, yeah, you made, you've made mistakes just like I have. And because I'm working to forgive myself. I'm choosing to forgive you because I know you're going through some of the same things I went through. <laughs> so, I mean, but there's no forgiveness in this film.
1: There's no forgiveness in this film, but there is a perverse sort of redemption. Yeah, yeah, Or acceptance. Maybe that's the better... The better one Um, and again this kind of goes to like you see him at the beginning and you see him struggling and you just want you want him to like hit the guy who hits him back you want him to be a little less pathetic and you can see him wanting that too but Mm -hmm. instead of actually like doing that he he finds like sly ways to get away with D- dumb shit that like kind of him by and and you know it ends up coming off more pathetic because this guy won't just stand up for himself and and you see that this was a pattern you know he was divorced and his wife took the rights to the book his one successful book and she also took the house and you know for some oh no he got the house no he 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 got the
2: house but his his manager was like you got the house but you have no way to pay for it
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and uh and so you just kind of want something for him and you could see that he wants that too so again that kind of fits in with this idea that he has these, these kind of latent desires. And what ends up happening is the cult leader taps into that and presents Mm -hmm. it to him and says like, you can have this too. You can have, you can act on this. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think there's kind of a compelling, uh, question at the end which is was he brainwashed or was he actually acting in yeah. in agency and i think the movie mm-hmm. sets it up to where you're not you're really not sure because at one end he is being used by this lady but at the other end he finally stands up for himself
2: <laughs> that and I think you could get a, almost go one step further with a, even with another question is, is he better off in the cult? Yeah, because the way the movie is set up, I mean, the first scene we see with him is him arguing with a waiter and the manager of a restaurant, a hotel restaurant about a voucher that had already been used the night before that he dug out of the trash so he could get a free meal. Like the first scene of the movie is showing just how pathetic this guy's life is. Like, and yet by the end of it, like whether you, like you're, you're going to be abhorred by the cult itself. But there's a world in which you could you could make a case that his life is going to be better off in the cult than it was prior to it, and that's scary. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think the question too is it. I think a lot of times we focus on on cults and this question of like, you know, is this is this good for this person? Is it good for the people in the cult? And, and maybe there's a separate question, which is like, is what the cult is putting into the world outside of itself good? And yeah. I think that's where, that's where maybe we get to have some judgments about that. Because yeah. mm-hmm. yes, like I don't want a, a, a religious group roaming around Causing deaths to certain people in hotel rooms.
2: Oh no! Yeah. I
1: I I don't think that's that's a safe thing. No. So yeah, if that's going to happen, then your your new religious mo- movement, your NRM, uh, mm-hmm. needs to yep. be uh, shut down soon. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and there's nothing other- good
2: about a Jonestown or anything like that, where you know you know, hundreds of people drank Kool-Aid and died. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's not good either, but I think, I think you could make the case that, that a lot of, well, specifically with Jonestown and Jim Jones and and the movement that he started, I believe it was San Francisco Mm -hmm. uh, before they moved to South America. Was it, um, Mm -hmm what he was offering to people was (laughs) a type of socialism (laughs) that that was allowing them to have uh, shared resources in such a way that they were not able to have before and which separate the cult aspect of it I'm just saying that sometimes cults offer a really distorted version of something that price should be given to people period. Like, like a healthy welfare system or Medicare or all these various things. There's plenty of reasons why people find themselves in cults because their lives sometimes suck. Prior to entering the cult and the cult yeah. is offering something better so. now they pay for it in the end and that is not good and the cult itself is not necessarily good but the impulse and the reason why they're going to the cult may have some good to it so. yeah yeah
1: yeah uh so I mentioned that my father-in-law was a member of a cult. Um, And I, you know, I want to be careful too, because I don't want to say, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, cults are fine. And, and, uh, and they're, they're good because there obviously have been some gnarly cults that have messed people up. And, and from what I know about uh, this one, um, it wasn't, my father-in-law turned out fine he was able to kind of you know he left on his own accord he did have to like kind of set it up you know there was mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a of an escape but uh but he had some brothers in it who i think it affected maybe a little bit deeper um but uh the cult was called the church of bible understanding or kobu and it was that's a
2: hell of of an acronym
1: yeah and it was a (laughs) a group in new york in uh kind of at the end of the 70s and uh they would clean i think they actually went for a while the the leader who started it uh just recently died a few years ago wow so yeah it was it was it was a long time I think uh, this this cult specifically had kind of a a, a narcissistic leader who definitely Mm -hmm. used the resources from the resources of of you know of money and also like you know the the power he had being Mm -hmm. kind of the leader. Uh, To his benefit. Uh, But. um, But. One interesting thing about this cult. Is they cleaned carpets. uh, Throughout New York. And. um, If anyone is a Seinfeld fan. uh, They might recognize that there's an episode where. uh, George. Tries to. Join a carpet cleaning cult. And this is a reference to the cult that my father-in-law was in. So,
2: wow, yeah, so. man. So would they would they clean the carpets and then try to like talk to people on uh, the job, or
1: you know, I don't
2: know. Or I is that just it, how they made the money?
1: I think it was. Yeah, they they made the money uh, that way, and yeah. because they like undercut the competition and the workers were, you know, happy kind of cult workers. So they were Mm -hmm. good workers. So it was, uh, it was like good product for cheap because again, you know, the, the needs were kind of low for, for this group of people, or at least like what, yeah, they weren't, they weren't getting any of the money um and so um yeah so i think that's where the popularity of this this group kind of came
2: from how fascinating yeah man so so your your father-in-law liked the movie though
1: oh yeah yeah Did, did, did did
2: did did he think it was like like did it ring true to him
1: i mean i think I don't. I think it's maybe a different type of of cult, cult yeah, of cult experience yeah. than what he had, and I don't want to speak so much for his cult experience yeah. too. Yeah, but he's sense. actually he's very open to talking about it. Um, he's he's talked about it before. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. he's a pastor now, and so he's you know very yeah. I that. <laughs> We always give him uh, shit about, like, you got to watch yourself or you're going to turn into a cult leader. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's very, awesome. he's very open with his experiences. And um, yeah,
2: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I. uh so there, there were a couple of things about the film that I had forgotten. First off, I had forgotten that the parents weren't actually parents. Oh yeah, I'd I I I had recalled her turning the parents to her side in the movie. Mm. When in fact, it, no, they were they had always been on her side, and that they weren't actually even her parents. Um, so there was that, and then I'd forgotten that that the reason why they wanted to get Leland Orser is for his knowledge in order to use it against people. Um, Which I think is actually a pretty, pretty brilliant commentary on the whole question itself is on, on one level, like if the whole brainwashing mind control thing is true then yeah, these are exactly the people you would want to bring into a cult, because they know all about it. They know how mm-hmm. it works. They recognize the mechanics of it, and which means that anyone in this article who who talks about you know being a uh, brainwash mind control advocate is uh, should watch for their backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly. Hopefully
2: you're not in a bad place. (laughs) Because you might find yourself in a cult. Keep up on your debts. Exactly. Keep up on your debts and always take the book deal, not the house.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I, I really like, there's something about the way Starrens draws characters and the way his movies kind of, uh plot that always works for me the art of self-defense is is similar in this vein and that it's just quirky enough but it doesn't cross the line like it doesn't take you out of the story because there are some directors who go a little too much and they're like uh this i no longer feel like this is a uh, realistic enough uh, but he he does ju- he just pushes the boundary just a little bit and I just appreciate his his vision for how to work these things because it's a similar thing with Art of Self-Defense it's, it's yeah. a cult of its uh, uh, in its own right um, but it's just a like a jujitsu cult it's a, <laughs> Which, it's a
1: dojo yeah
2: it's a dojo yeah <laughs> and, and it has a similar ending in that it, the only thing that changes is not the cult itself. It's the leader of the cult.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that too. Cause I, I have seen the art of self-defense. I haven't seen his other movie, but yeah, you have a very similar, you know, you have kind of a pathetic character doing a similar arc where, you know, he learns to be, to kind of, stand up for himself in this twisted twisted way um mm. and um yeah it's it's interesting and it's interesting too like the cult idea shows up again but this this way it's maybe a much more mundane uh yeah. situation because yeah you know mm. maybe you you you'll go through your life and not really interact with a cult or a cult leader or anything like that, but you probably drive past dojos, you know, all the time mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you know, they have their, their community that they build. And that's part yeah. of it too, is you build this community. And some of these communities are probably really weird. And yeah. and Honestly, that's okay for the most part, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and let's be completely honest, if we're calling, you know, QAnon, you cultish behavior. Well, I mean, let's talk about self help. Let's talk about all these other things that can easily become cultic and and the devotion to them. Like let's like, I don't know, young living. Uh like essential oils. Oh essential oils. The people who make essential oils. Um yeah. I don't yeah. know gross cookies even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know any of it can be cultic like (laughs)
1: that's that's so true Girl Scout cookies set women up to be MLM yeah yeah they they just they wow I've never thought about (laughs) that Uh, that's that's a you know kind of a a person's first first MLM Uh, anyway
2: and they're often forced into it yeah but their parents (laughs) um it's the same thing with boy scouts and popcorn so the boy scouts sell popcorn it's not as it's not it doesn't have the name but when i was in boy scouts for the year or two i was in boy scouts i didn't take to it very well but we sold popcorn yeah
1: i remember selling uh when i was in um in Little League, I would have to go around and sell uh, candy bars. yep, and that was like part. Mm-hmm. Of it. Oh, that's so weird. I don't think anyone does that anymore.
2: no, um, yeah. well, but- no, actually, I did recently had someone come to the door, but it was for like a a local non um, nonprofit basically. Like, it's one of these, like, very local, localized to mm. nonprofits, like, basically tutoring kids after school, that kind of thing. Like, okay. a really in-house, not tied to a bigger organization. But I did have a guy that came and, uh, like, was selling candy bars. But I basically just gave him 20 bucks. And I was like, you don't even need to give me candy bars. I don't need them. Yeah. And I- it sounds like what you're doing is good work. So here you go. Have 20 bucks. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it it
2: occasionally does happen still. It's yeah, uh...
1: I guess that's true. Have you ever gotten like, other than that, have you ever gotten a a door to door salesman?
2: Oh yeah. We get them all the time.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, man.
2: Because, because it's, it's usually for roofing companies or uh, security companies. Um, they're just roaming around the neighborhoods to see basically take out competitors.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, They're wanting you to switch and the, they always ask for you to put their sign in your yard to declare that you have switched from nothing to them or from this company to them. Mm. But whenever I get a doorbell, and I'm by myself working remotely or something, I always look out the eye hole to see if it's <laughs> a salesman. I'm like, no, not answering. Because I... I, I'm, I'm nice enough to where I will listen to them give me the – and it always gets me into these long-lasting like – where they're like, hey, can I set up a meeting with you like uh, later this week or next week? to like, And I'm like – Okay, fine, whatever.
1: <laughs> so I just yeah. don't answer the
2: door. It's better for everyone.
1: That yeah, that is the solution. That is the loophole. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like I've never gotten a, a door-to-door salesperson. I have gotten. Um, we do get door-to-door um, Jehovah's Witnesses.
2: Oh, uh, okay.
1: So we do get them, but I'll tell you, I lucked out because the people in this house I think talked to them and spoke Spanish to them. Oh, and so every time I think it's like once a month, we get Jehovah's Witnesses. They come to our door and they're like, "Does anyone here speak Spanish?" And I'm like, "No," (laughs) and then they're like, "Okay, bye." Uh, And I'm like, "That's hilarious." Oh, this is great. I just have to not learn Spanish, and then I never have to deal with Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. So uh
2: so, that's, that's easy. <laughs> so speaking of Jehovah's Witnesses, I've never had Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door. I've had mm-hmm. plenty of Mormons. I've had conversations with Mormons. I have had conversations with Mormons that got heated enough to where one of them walked out saying that the spirit of God was no longer in the room and he had to leave. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, so that was back in my college days when I thought I was, you know, right about everything and I was going to, yeah. you know, argue it to the to death, but uh, Mormons are nice people. Don't ever don't ever think that they're not nice people. Some of them are a little weird, but yeah. they're nice. <laughs> so I uh my 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 best so friend so well dressed. Oh so well dressed. Uh in middle of summer too. Um but my best friend what did this horrible thing to a Mormon once. Like oh. he he was out mowing his front lawn his parents' front lawn and he was you know sweating. It was in the middle of summer and he's just like exhausted and he's just doing this and Mormons, Mormon missionaries, often will, if they see you doing something in your yard, as a way to kind of enter into a conversation with you, will offer to help. Hmm. And so, yeah. these Mormons walk up on him and say, "Hey, can we help you out with uh with mowing the lawn? You know, finishing up, you know what what you started." He was like, "Sure, yeah." So he goes inside, gets some like lemonade or whatever water. And he, he's just watching this this poor Mormon missionary like finish the mowing the lawn. <laughs> and the guy the guy finishes and he walks up to him and he's like, Hey, uh, hey, can I uh, can I speak to you about uh, you know, my my faith and all this? And my friend was like, No, and he just walks in the house.
1: <laughs> oh. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> brutal.
2: Yeah. Brutal. yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna give my, my my friend's name just to, just because I don't want people to hate him because he's a really good guy he just doesn't take a lot of crap from people <laughs> I mean yeah I, I I think you
1: know I think that's part of the game that you play if you're a Mormon and mm-hmm. you do that so mm-hmm. you know if you're gonna ask to help,
2: you can't Sometime- expect anything in return. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's
1: going to be no strings attached like that.
2: Yep. So. yep. Yeah. Yep. So, oh man. Yeah. But to get back to the film, I, I really think this is a great film. And I think yeah. it's, it's my favorite kind of film where it's very character heavy, very few, you know, settings. It's very like contained. Um,
1: I think a nice yeah.
2: tight hour and a half. Yeah,
1: it's the best. It's the best type of indie film where you've got great acting, you've got a tight story, you know, it's Mm -hmm. well put together, doesn't waste your time, it doesn't waste its time, and a couple of
2: really terrifying scenes.
1: Yeah, some striking scenes. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Oh. I I remembered uh the Art of Self Defense has this really, really funny joke in it that I wanted to bring up. Uh, okay, yeah. I've probably uh, forgotten
2: it. I, I need to watch that movie again. It's been a while.
1: No, so uh so it's in a dojo and they're getting belts and uh uh so Jesse Isaac uh Eisenberg. Social, yeah, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. from The Social Network, um, mm-hmm. is the main character, and he recently gets like a brown belt, and he's so chuffed about it. He's so excited. He's just on cloud nine about it, and so he orders some that he can wear during the day. And he's just so excited about it and he gets it and he's, he's like, Oh, I really wanted to wear this throughout my day. So I ordered it online and now I can, and all it is is just a normal Brown belt, but he's just so, you know, in his mind about this, this experience that he's having that he can't see that it's just a normal belt. Um and i uh, it's it's really funny um
2: but that's the uh, thing I love about this guy the this director is that it's he has a wicked sense of humor yeah. like it's super subtle, but it's just like whenever you whenever it hits it always it always hits like it i've never i've yet to see a movie of his where the jokes fell flat. Um, even Duel, which is his most recent one, and it's not—it's—it's it's probably my least favorite of all three. It still has some hilarious jokes in it, and it's—it's straight faced. It's part of the—it's tied into the 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 actual movie, how the movie's constructed. But man, he is—that it takes—it takes a certain kind of brilliance to do that. Yeah.
1: And the humor is very deadpan too. Oh yeah. It's yeah, like you always. said, straight faced. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well all right.
2: Well I'm, any... kinda sad that, I'm kinda sad that I didn't get your devotion and full attention again, but mm. oh well. There's always next time.
1: Any uh any last comments about Colt
2: or the movie? Um Go see the movie and don't join the cult. Unless your life is going to be cravely improved. by like And then, you know what? I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> no judgment. You won't get judged
1: by the Fly By Film podcast.
2: No, no. Now, no. if you're joining it and you had a perfectly fine life beforehand, we'll judge you. It's it's fine.
1: You know what? Uh, Also, if you want to join the cult that we're trying to start with our podcast, uh, feel free to do that. We're Mm -hmm. not going to be good cult leaders. Uh, If you need words of affirmation and some sort of goal in your life, don't really expect that from us. Uh yeah. but uh you know we'll be here every couple of weeks to just and talk to each other so
2: feel yeah. free to to go door to door and share the yeah. good news of our podcast with people I mean
1: absolutely even, we would actually prefer that don't yeah don't, don't put share on social a link. media
2: yeah it's too public um yes, we don't we that. don't need that kind of criticism <laughs>
1: We also you know we're above that uh yeah we're yeah. all about the the person to person yeah door to door so yeah yeah you you need to look people in the eye and tell them they they should be listening to fly by films
2: No 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 not not that they that they need to or should be that they will listen that they to want to listen phones. to it, yes. That they want to, yes. it's yeah. in them. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Let's keep workshopping this. I'm taking notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't like and subscribe. Uh, yeah. Download and door to door.
2: I don't. Yeah, put it. Actually, just download all the episodes that we have so far. Put them on a thumb drive on mp3 format and just start handing them out to your neighbors
1: we should blake we should actually legitimately get uh qr code posters and have people download those and then just staple them up around town
2: i love this idea and i think we should do it
1: absolutely absolutely don't don't like and subscribe. Don't leave us yeah. comments. Don't do any of that normal normy shit. Uh Yeah. We'll we'll have a we'll have a plan so you can be part of the street team. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. street team. That's what they call them. Street, Remember team. when street teams were a thing. You know what? I think we should
1: crowdsource this. What should the Fly By Film street team be named?
2: Uh yeah. We'll let We're this- taking yeah. Yeah. Please write in or voicemail in cuz we would love to hear your voice. We'll play it on air. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we might even choose your idea if it's good enough.
2: Yeah. If if it's yeah. good enough.
1: So uh def You might want to put a little more effort into it than you normally would. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs>
2: That's the that's the thing though, is that we're we're providing you the low effort podcast so they that you can expend the effort to get the word out. See, it's it's a it's a MLM, it's like uh it's it's like um Girl Scout cookies.
1: Yeah. We're gonna give you boxes of Girl Scout cookies that you're gonna sell for us.
2: Yes. And you're going to, quote, unquote, make profit. But we are going to make, quote, unquote, more profit.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess the the way I see it is like you break a task up into here's the low effort part of it. And then here's the high effort part of it. And we're covering the low effort part of this. Yeah.
2: So someone's got to do the high effort.
1: Yeah. No one needs to take. We don't need to double up on, yeah. on work here. Come on. We've already got the low effort covered. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, well, that's our... No, but seriously, give us some ideas. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye.